Well, welcome to the old downtown Harbor Church, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. I'm excited you decided to join us today. And, uh, you know, I don't know a lot of you personally yet, but we're starting to get to know each other. But today is an especially exciting day for me. You know why? Because after I go over to the jazz brunch for a little bit, I'm going to WrestleMania in Orlando, if you know what I'm saying. And so I cannot wait to be with 80,000 screaming nuts, right? But if Roman Reigns beats The Undertaker, I'm done. That's all I'm saying. If you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. All right. We are kicking off a new five-week talk conversation series, whatever you'd like to refer to it as, called Say What? And I was told last week that I've been kind of introducing this wrong, that I actually should be like saying it like, say what? Right? I'm okay at that. I'm not really like the best at that. But so I don't know how it will land. But yeah, so we're kicking off this series as we enter the Easter season, as we enter this time together. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to look at some of the craziest, like wildest things that Jesus said during this time. Like, has anybody ever told you something crazy? And you're like, is that true? Like, I've heard this for a long time. But is that true? Like, I remember when I was a kid, like my mom always used to say this to me, and it is complete bogus, right? She's like, listen, you cannot go swimming for 30 minutes until, you know, after you've eaten. Like, have you ever heard that one? Like, let me ask this. So if I can't go swimming for 30 minutes after I've eaten, let me ask you a question. Why? And who has died from this? Is there like a log? Like who has passed on from this, like this thing, right? So I was always like, mom, that's not true. And I would do it anyway. And then I would get grounded and in trouble. And so anyway, it was just me. But then sometimes somebody tells you some crazy stuff, some wild stuff, and it's true. Like somebody told me about this one last week and somebody better try it this week and report back in. Like if you put a match in your mouth while cutting an onion, you will not cry. Like, I mean, who's heard of that one before, right? I mean, like, is that true? I don't know. I mean, but somebody try it, but it's not going to be me. So hopefully it'll be one of you. Um, but here's the deal. Why I, I, why I ask and kind of open up if you've ever heard some crazy stuff is because we're going to talk for the next couple of weeks about some stuff that Jesus said. And let me tell you something. Jesus said some wild stuff. Jesus said some wild stuff. Jesus said stuff that would rock your mind and rock your world, and we're going to talk about that. Jesus said stuff that was countercultural, that people of the time, like it flipped their entire agenda upside down. It flipped their entire life upside down. They didn't even know what to do with what they heard because it was so radical and so different. But the things that Jesus said, and if his followers put them into practice, which they did, it actually transformed humanity. The stuff Jesus said has transformed humanity. Humanity as we know it to this day and age is only the way that it is because Jesus existed and we put into practice the things that he said. And he said some pretty out there wild stuff. I mean, even as I am going back through and rereading stuff as I prepare for these messages and studying things about why he said this and why it may have spoken into the people of the time, there's just so much there and it's so deep and it's so interesting to look at why he said what he did um, and who he said it too, which was so interesting. And so today we're going to talk about one of the craziest things that he said, and I love it. And in fact, in fact, I think it might be like the hardest one of these five messages, even though next week is probably just going to be hard too. But this one's just tough to get your mind around. It's tough to get your brain around. It's tough to figure out, hey, what does this mean? And how can we unpack this together as kind of a church community and figure out how to put this into practice right here in our daily life? Because he said this, and it was wild. And it was out there, and nobody knew what in the world he was talking about. But he said, the first shall be last. What, what, Jesus, wait, wait a second. What do you mean? 
The, the, the first shall be last. So if you're, so, so is it in, in the line? Like, am I going to be last in line? Like in last in heaven? Like, wh- wh- what are you talking about? I don't get what you mean. But the interesting thing is about this phrase is he said almost the exact same phrase twice in two different scenarios. And in these scenarios, when he used this phrase, this was completely different and unique than anything else that people had ever heard, right? He said almost the exact same phrase twice. And the first time that he said it, he said it to a rich young man. So imagine a rich young guy, maybe living on Las Olas, driving a Benz, right? Happy hours, suits, lifestyle. You know, you know the kind of people we're talking about. Imagine a rich young guy, and this rich young guy in the times that we're talking about, in ancient times, came up to Jesus, and he asked him a very interesting question, but it was a question that everybody wanted to know the answer to. It was so unique. It said this in Matthew chapter 19. If you have a scripture, you can go ahead and turn there. If not, it'll be on any of our screens, as always, or any mobile device that you want to use. In Matthew 19, 16, it said, someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? What, must, what good deed must I do to kind of live forever? And Jesus responded with a very interesting answer. He said, hey, this is the first thing you need to do. Keep the commandments. So you know those things we talked about last week that Moses went up on the top of the mountain to get, right? It said, do not murder, good idea, jail is bad, right? Okay, honor your mother and father, okay? Like those kind of things, keep those commandments. But then he goes on, which is so interesting. Then he goes on to say in Matthew 19, if you want to be perfect, don't miss this, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And here's where the first shall be last comes in. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be greatest then. Well, thank you, Jesus, for clearing that up for all of us today, right? And I'm going, I'm reading this again, and I've read it so many times, and I'm going, gosh, what does this mean? And, and, and is this literal? And are we really to sell everything that we have and just give it to others and then go follow? What, what, what does that mean? And how can we as people who are trying to figure out more about Jesus, this guy who claimed to be the Messiah, who said, I'm going to go die and rise again. And if you believe in me and believe that, then you are made right with the creator of the universe. This guy speaking this, is he literal? Is he serious? What in the world is he talking about? The only thing I can think of is this, is that when, he, when you do what he says, and we talk about sacrifice, when you give up everything now, you gain something. You gain the intangible. Intangible is a word that we like to use to describe this X factor, something that you can't put your finger on, but you know that when you do it, if you sold everything and gave it all away and lived a life of sacrifice, you know that you would gain something, right? Because when you are focused on possessions and wealth and everything that this kid was focused on, do you want to know what Jesus said? Jesus said to him, hey, you're last. If you want to be first, you got to sacrifice and you got to give everything away. And Jesus is calling his followers in this moment to a higher standard. That's exactly what he's doing, as he always did. He's calling his followers to a higher standard of life, of living, of how every single day in their culture and their community looks. He is calling them to a higher standard. Don't miss this. This is so key. Almost an impossible standard. And that's the point. That was always the point of his messages, to go, hey, you're last. You want to be first? Go do this. It's impossible, but check it out. You know when, when, when it happens, you will be. So that was the first time that he talked about the first shall be last. 
The second time he talked about it, it was in the context of a parable, which was so interesting. So if you've never heard the word parable before, a parable is a story that is made up. It is not real. It is fiction. Let's be clear about that. But it is used to teach a lesson. And Jesus taught in parables quite often. Jesus used these very powerful stories to reach into the people of the time and to actually teach them lessons based on where they were at. And the, the parable where he used the first shall be last was a parable about workers in a vineyard. So imagine, like, you know, I know a lot of you in this room like wine, okay? So imagine being, you know, in a vineyard and harvesting the grapes and getting that done, okay? This is workers in a vineyard, okay? And these people are out there, and it's hot. Remember, this is the Middle East, okay? It's, it, I mean, it's, not, it's probably like outside at the jazz brunch today, but we're all going to make it, okay? But, okay, so the workers in a vineyard. So this is what it says. In Matthew chapter 20, it says, For the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus always started parables like that. I love it. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. So here we go. A worker, I'm sorry, an owner of a vineyard says, I need work done today. So he goes out. I don't know where he went. But he went out and found some guys. Strap your boots on, boys. It's early morning, and we are going to go harvest some grapes, and I'm going to pay you, don't miss this, I'm going to pay you a full daily rate. I'm going to pay you a daily wage. Well, said vineyard owner gets to the vineyard and sees, hey, there's more work to do than just these couple of guys I hired. I'm going to go back out and hire some more. So we went out again at 9 a.m., and at noon, and at 3 p.m., and he said to each person that he hired at each one of those times, I'm going to pay you the daily wage. Well, then at the end, these people are set to get their payments. And now, people who've started to work early are going to be paid the same rate as someone who started to work at 3 p.m. Keep this in mind. They've been out there all day sweating, probably dripping buckets. How would you feel if some you know, schmuck who came on the job at 3 o'clock got the same amount of money that you did? right? You probably wouldn't be happy about it. And that's exactly what happened to these workers. They were not happy. They complained to the boss. They said, this is not fair. We want our, you know, we want a fair wage for this. We've been out here longer than these other guys. And this is what the vineyard owner responded with. This is Jesus telling this story. Remember this. This is what he said. He said, take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? Take your money and go. Should you be jealous because I can do what I want with my money and be kind to others? And then Jesus said this, so those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. I want to unpack what this means because it's so deep. And even as I was going through it this week, I was like, man, this is like deep, like theological, like pick it apart kind of stuff, which is so good to chew on. But we really want to kind of land on what we think this means. And so from the parable of the vineyard workers, we think that we can understand at least something about this idea of first and last and what this means. Here's the first thing I think we can gain from it. When you think you deserve something, think again, right? Because this is not always what we, we don't always get what we think we deserve. In fact, we have expectations about what our life should be like and about what we think we should, des what we deserve based on something we've done. And I'll tell you this, I've, you know, gone through the scriptures cover to cover. I cannot find the phrase that life is fair. I couldn't find it, right? And so when you think you deserve something, think again. 
I'm not saying that they didn't even have a point, but Jesus is saying, look, when you think you deserve something, think again. Now, let me kind of pause and talk about what I think Jesus didn't mean. Because so often we get confused when we read through these scriptures about what Jesus meant and what he didn't mean. And for so many, we get kind of tied up in this idea that these scriptures are about money, okay? We get tied up in the idea that both of these are in the context of money. And so money is bad and money is evil. Money is the root of all evil we've heard said before, right? That's not true either, right? The love of money is the root of all evil. But here's what Jesus didn't mean mean when he said this. This is what I believe. He did not mean that someday the poor will rule over the rich, okay? He did not mean that. He did not indicate that the people who were not as fortunate or hadn't worked as hard were going to rule over the rich. That's not what he meant. In each of these situations, this is so key, in each of these situations, I want to talk about what these characters in the scripture dealt with. The rich young ruler, real guy, came up to Jesus, and these fictional characters in the vineyard workers parable, right? In each of these situations, it's not their wealth that makes them last. Don't miss that. It's not their wealth that makes them last. For the rich young guy, it wasn't even his status that made him last. It wasn't their status that makes them last. Do you know what made them last? It was their heart that made them last. And that was the problem. Because this rich young guy who had all these possessions in the world loved money. And he loved his possessions and he loved what he had. Jesus said, you always live that lifestyle. You're going to be last. Trust me doesn't pay off in the end. You won't be first. And then these vineyard workers, the only thing they wanted, they didn't care about a generous heart of a vineyard owner. The only thing they wanted was the money. Give me the money, honey. Okay? That's what they wanted. And so that's what made them last. It was their heart that made them last. But stay with me because this is, this is the key to the entire message. Look up here. Don't miss this. This was spoken at a time where Jesus was speaking against the religious institution of the time were the occupants who thought that they were first. Do you know who thought that they were first? Let me tell you who thought that they were first. The religious leaders of the time. These religious leaders of the time that Jesus, you know, kind of spoke against and always got into arguments with and stirred it up and stirred the pot. These religious leaders of the time thought that they were first. And so I truly believe, and this is just one guy with a microphone on a stage in a museum saying it. This is just my opinion, so it doesn't have to be taken literally. This is just me. But I believe he spoke in the way that he spoke in these parables and to this rich young guy as almost a direct speak against the religious leaders of the time. Because the religious leaders of the time thought they were first. They had all the knowledge. They contained all the knowledge. They didn't have access to information. Like the average normal people didn't have access to everyday information like we do today. They kind of kept it, right? They were some of the only people who were allowed to enter the temple. It was holy ground. It was theirs, right? Jesus said at one point, he goes, hey, listen, I'm going to change things. You think the temple's so holy? Here's who's holy, the person to your right or left. That's what he said about the temple, Right? So Jesus was irritating these guys and stirring them up. They actually held the scrolls as well. So people couldn't actually access this information. And then Jesus said something. And Jesus said something in another parable. I'm shifting. Okay, so stay with me. Shifting to another parable about two sons who represented at some level the religious institution of the time and what to do and what not to do. 
And do you know, and this is going to smack and should smack every one of us right in the face. This should meet us right where we're at. Do you know what Jesus said to them? In Matthew 21, 31, he said, Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. It's their heart that makes them last. It's their heart that makes them last. That's the point. And see what's broken my heart over the years. And this is why we launched Downtown Harbor Church, which has been such an exciting process, is that modern day Christianity has gone right back to the old school religious leaders of the time, all about rules, all about if you're not like us, you can't be a part of what we're doing. You definitely can't engage. We're going to stiff, stiff, stiff arm you at the door. You can't do it. And it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts for so long because I couldn't like reconcile the words of Jesus with this. Because if we're going to understand this first shall be last principle, then we have to understand that life, living life with Jesus alongside of us and a life with each other is all about laying ourselves down for each other. It's not about rules and regulations in the local church. And that's what it's become again. So we had to do something different. So let me kind of wrap this up and give some practical because I think it's important for every one of us to understand what this means. This is a heart matter, not a money matter. Okay. And that's important for us to understand this because so often money gets a bad rap. I've said this before, start companies. You should make as much money as you can. You should go and, you know, work more hours if that's what you want to do. And that's your passion. Go and do that. And then once you make it all, figure out how to give it all away and sacrifice for others, right? And give to your family and friends and people who need it and be one of those sacrificial lambs. Do it. But this is also about something else. See, last summer I did a series called Revolutionary. If you ever want to look it up, it's on our website, soflowchurch.com, um, under our media tab. But in Revolutionary, we looked at Jesus' most famous message ever called the Sermon on the Mount. And as we opened in week one, we talked about these things that are called beatitudes. And basically, these beatitudes go right in line with the idea of the first shall be last. They say things like, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And you know what that is? And do you know what this is, this first shall be last thing? This is at the core of what it is. It's the recognition that I am in need, okay? It's the recognition that I am in need. It's the recognition that I need God in my life, and then once I have him, I'm going to go be a sacrifice for other people. I'm going to go be a sacrifice for people in my life, and I'm going to talk about what that looks like because it's so important for us not to misunderstand this because this is not just inside the walls of a local church, right? This is in every single thing that we do. So what's the practical? You know one of our core components at Downtown Harbor Church is that we always go back to the practical. If you guys ever leave here in your mind going, man, I wonder what that guy was talking about on stage today. We are doing something wrong. But I've been in a lot of churches where I've left and gone, what in the world were they talking about? Okay. So what's the practical here? What do we do tomorrow as we get up in our city with our family and our friends, right? If you're going to understand what it means to truly be last, and then because of it, Jesus said that you're going to be first, you're going to live a life of service and sacrifice. Wow. Probably the most difficult thing for any of us to ever do. Told you this one wasn't going to be easy. 
You're going to live a life of service and sacrifice. And you're not just going to live a life in service and sacrifice by feeding homeless people downtown, even though that's good. You should do that if that's what you're passionate about, right? It's not just that one thing. Living a life of service and sacrifice in every circumstance, that's what Jesus was talking about when he described us putting ourselves last and actually becoming first, becoming a living sacrifice to the world around us on a day-to-day -day basis. And here's what I can say. From my experience, and I've worked in local churches for a long time, this is the exact opposite of the behavior of a lot of the people that I've met inside local churches. Not here. I've met some amazing people at Downtown Harbor Church who get and understand this, and I love that they're part of what we're doing. But if this is going to be in every circumstance, what does that mean for us? It means this. If you're married, make yourself last. If you're in a relationship, make yourself last. Lay your life down constantly for your significant other. Wow, does this drive me nuts, right? It's like, this is, bru this is a brutal one. Because it's like, oh man, okay, what do you want? I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, what do you want? You, Adam, what do you want? Can we pick a place for dinner, right? Okay. So, okay, so if you're married, make yourself last, okay? And it's, that's not, not the easiest thing to do. Somebody after, after the first service was asking me about a relationship question. We need to kind of understand and go back there. Relationships are hard, gang. They just are. They're, you have to fight for them. You have to work for them consistently. But if you want to be first, make yourself last. That's what Jesus said. Here's another thing. If you're involved in a local church, serve. If you're involved in a local church, get involved, Right? We want more people to get involved here, but not just because there's a need, not just because there's a need and we're going, hey, we need volunteers and we need to do this and we got tons of kids downstairs and they're throwing up on people and like, you know, because that, that's true, that happens, okay, which is great. Um, in fact, we do these events called Live to Serve where we recognize volunteers kind of all over the country. Um, and it, one of our giveaways is if you've been vomited on in the infant nursery, please stand up and like a hundred people stand up and it's great. But serve, not because, don't, don't miss this, this is so key, because I don't want anybody to leave here misunderstanding this. Don't serve and don't say yes to volunteering just because you feel like there's a need. Serve because when you understand, when you give yourself to something bigger than yourself for free, there's so much for you to gain. There's a reason Jesus talked about that, you being last, you giving something away for free, and how much you will actually get out of it. I can only stand up here and talk to you guys about this today for one reason, because I started out as a volunteer. I started out in my local church career as a volunteer. I was a small group leader for kindergarten and first grade boys, and then I stopped being a small group leader because I couldn't stand it anymore, right? But here's the deal. We figured out how to get this done. So if you're involved in a local church, serve. There is a card there, those annoying connection cards. I promise we will not harass you. We, we tried forever not to get people's information, but there was really no other way. We tried email, we tried texting, nobody did it. So we had to get these stupid cards. So I apologize for that. But if you wanna fill those out and you wanna volunteer, if you would check that, if you are involved in our local church, we wanna plug you in. So get that done, right? And if you're employed, here's another practical. If you're employed, Work at it with all of your heart. If you're a boss, you're a leader, you're a manager, put yourself last. Put others first. Live a life of service and sacrifice and watch what happens because there's a reason that Jesus used this phrase. The last shall be first and the first shall be last because when you put yourself last, don't miss this, you are blessed. And there's an intangible that you can't even describe that enters your life. And your relationships will be better. 
and your life will be different and your life will be better. This is why Jesus talked about it so frequently, right? The first shall be last. And you know what? I've seen, at least in my career and life, I've seen a lot of us get this wrong. A lot of us who are business owners don't put ourselves last. But when we do, we'll end up being first. See, here's what I believe at the end of the day. This is what I believe. I believe that learning to serve others is a core value of the message of Jesus, okay? Learning to serve others is a core value of the message of Jesus. And I got to tell you something. I don't, I don't get everything that I even said today. I'm not even sure I understand it all, which is why this is so cool. We're all walking through this together. But what I can glean out of this and what I can learn from the stories that we heard today and the encounter with that rich young man is I can glean from it that it's all about sacrifice and it's all about service. And so as I do oftentimes at DHC, I kind of challenge you, what are you going to do with what you've heard? What are you going to do with what we've said here today? What are you going to do to figure out how to serve others because that is a core value of the message of Jesus. And I'll tell you something. When you put yourself last, you really do end up first. And I'll be a personal example of it. I've served God um, from a capacity of a volunteer or being on a stage like this for a lot of years. And there's been some sacrifice that has happened. And I'm not saying anything to toot my own horn. That's not what this is all about. But I'll tell you something. When you figure out how to be last and you figure out what that looks like and how to continually lay your life down. And gang, that's hard, that stinks, it's terrible to do it all the time because it's just not what you want. But when you figure out how to do it, you really will be first. Your life really will be different. The first shall be last. Boy, such a complicated and simple phrase all in the same time. That's why Jesus used it to change history. Let me pray. Father, Thanks for who you are. Thanks for your love. Thanks for your grace. I pray that you would go before us. I pray that you would surround every person in this room with your mercy and grace and peace. And that you, God, would help us to figure out, you know, how to do this better, how to live a life of sacrifice and service. And God, I'm so thankful for those who have already said yes to doing that. And God, would you stir the hearts of those who need to? Work through our lives and our hearts and help us to figure out. I, I know all of us are in different stages of life. And it doesn't work for us all. But God, figure out what that looks like. And if it's not here, that's okay. But figure out how to serve in some way. That's so, so important. Jesus, we lay this at your feet. We tell you we love you. And we ask that you would guide and bless what we're doing here at Downtown Harbor Church. As we continue to look at these wild and crazy things that you've said that are so true and so meaningful. We ask this today all in Jesus' name. Amen.